This is Rosen Institute's Your Law Firm, covering management, marketing, finance, and new technologies for growing your law firm. Here's Lee Rosen. It's good to be with you today from Phuket, Thailand, where we've been hanging out now for about a week. It's beautiful down here on Phuket. The sun is shining. It's warm. Actually, it's pretty hot. This island has fantastic beaches. The air up in Bangkok was getting pretty thick with smog, so it's nice to be out of the city and enjoying some time out by the beach. Our son, he's 28 years old now, he lives here. He's lived in Thailand for about seven years, and we've been having lots of meals together with him and his girlfriend and hanging out and watching him play golf. He runs an agency doing online ads and websites, that sort of thing, for law firms around the world. And he's got lots of interesting and innovative marketing ideas, things that are actually being used right now by law firms. So it's absolutely fascinating to hear what's working and what's not working. We are now gearing up for our annual program, Marketing Tactics Lab, and that's a program in which we dig in to the latest marketing approaches. So it's good to hear Toby's good ideas about what is effective right now, what is efficient at generating business. On February 1st, our premium members will take this deep dive into marketing tactics, and we help folks to find the marketing tactics that meet their particular strengths, whether that's networking or writing or speaking or advertising or using more sophisticated marketing technologies to draw in new clients. The Marketing Tactics Lab is an exciting program that turns million-dollar law firms into multi-million-dollar law firms. I really enjoy leading the program and helping folks find the marketing that suits them and level up their law firm. It's time for your tech tip, and this one ties in to your marketing. Lots of successful firms employ email marketing to nurture prospective clients and turn those folks into actual clients. Email is a perfect way to stay top of mind with prospects and to reinforce your position of authority and to gently nurture the relationship with those prospects so that they become clients. But email, it doesn't just show up in an inbox. I don't think it's overly dramatic to say that email inbox providers are in a battle with email marketers, and that battle goes on 24-7, 365, we marketers attack the email boxes, and the email providers, Google, Microsoft, and all the others, well, they defend those boxes. We really are locked in a battle trying to get our emails into their boxes. Now, they have a job to do. They have to sort the important email from the spam, and that's not a simple task for them to perform, they need to be sure that they're serving their email customers well and 
That means making sure that the email that we send to prospective clients is something that those users expect and appreciate. And I understand, and I suspect you get it and you understand, those of us who do our marketing with email, we're on both sides of this situation. We want to make sure the marketing emails get in the inbox, but we're also customers using those email products, and we want our email boxes protected from spam and other email that shouldn't make it to the inbox. Well, if you're going to do email marketing, and if your email is going to make it through the gauntlet and not end up in a Google Promotions folder or possibly a spam folder, then you need to understand how the email game is played. That means understanding things like proper from addresses on the emails. You've got to understand verification protocols. You need to understand the available monitoring tools like Google Postmaster and lots of others. But understanding all of that takes time to master. And the question is, should you be spending your lawyer time understanding the technology of improved email deliverability? Well, the answer is no. Just like you advise folks to hire an expert, a lawyer, for instance, when people have a legal problem, well, you need to hire an expert in email deliverability who can optimize your use of your email service provider so that you get the most emails into the most inboxes. Now, you'll find email deliverability experts on services like Upwork. That's where I found my email deliverability guru, and you need to find one as well if you're going to be engaged in email marketing. There's no point putting lots of time and energy into email marketing if your email isn't going to make it to its destination. So hire a professional and maximize your deliverability. Hiring a professional to help you with this project is easy, it's inexpensive, and it'll make a big difference in your deliverability. That's your tech tip. And now for your moment of concise advice. I'm not a huge fan of law firm partnerships. If you've been reading my Friday file emails, then you know that I rant about partnerships and I often advise lawyers to avoid entering into them. But the reality is we do it anyway. My rants are not enough to talk the average lawyer out of entering into a partnership if that's something they want to do. Why do they do it? I don't know. Maybe misery loves company. Lawyers have got to do what lawyers have got to do and partnerships at least once in your life. Well, that's something that most of us need to do. A lot of lawyers tell me after they're out of their partnership that I was right, but folks do it no matter what I say. Lawyers are drawn to forming partnerships like moths are drawn to a flame or bugs are drawn to a zapper. That doesn't end well for the moths or the bugs, and the same is too often true for the lawyers. But if you're going to do it regardless of what it is that I say about partnerships, then remember this. Most of us have learned about business formation and partnership agreements and all of that other stuff. Many of us have had experiences in our practice where we've dealt with these kinds of agreements in one way or another. Well, 
our business agreements with our law firm partners are the same. They're subject to negotiation. They can be fine-tuned. They can be optimized, just like the agreements for the businesses that we've been dealing with in our practices when we're helping our clients. Our businesses are businesses, and pretty much anything can be done when you're creating, when you're forming a business. We can come up with agreements between law firm partners which employ a range of approaches for working together. I think most of us understand that we can be very creative about forming a business and anticipating problems, but most lawyers that I meet, when the time comes to form a law firm partnership, they automatically set up a partnership framework that calls for equal ownership and equal distribution of the profits. More often than not, when two lawyers come together, they split ownership and profits right down the middle. Why do they do that? Why don't they do something more creative? I don't know. Maybe they are conflict avoidant. That doesn't seem like that would be the answer for lawyers. I don't think of us as conflict avoidant, but maybe we are. Or maybe there's more to it than that. I really don't have any idea, but we set up these very simple partnerships dividing everything down the middle. Well, how do these partnerships work out? Well, sometimes they're fine, but too often they melt down when one partner feels that they're contributing more than the other and the equal distributions are then perceived as unfair. The partnership dissolves. Sometimes that's quick and easy. Sometimes it's protracted and messy and expensive. So today, my advice is this. If you're going to enter into a partnership agreement with another lawyer, then get creative. You should get out your crystal ball and examine the future. You should talk to your prospective partner and map out scenarios. You should debate the issues that might lead the two of you to a meltdown. And then you should draft creative agreements which might provide for something other than equal ownership, something other than an equal distribution of the money. And this agreement that you create with this partner, it should look forward and anticipate and provide for a quick and easy and simple dissolution of the partnership if things aren't working out. We're pretty good at doing this kind of thinking and planning for our clients. For whatever reason, we're less good at doing it for ourselves. If going through this kind of process with your prospective law firm partner becomes a struggle and you can't make it work, well, maybe you should hire a lawyer to help you with the process, or maybe you should just be grateful that the meltdown happened before you ever formed the partnership. It's often better to walk away now before the new partnership gets underway if you can't find a way to work out a deal that feels right for everyone involved. Sometimes the best legal advice that you can give yourself is to not do the deal. Law firm partnerships are tough. Maybe you can make it work, but if you're going to try it, then be open to possibilities other than 50-50. That'll increase the odds that your partnership will be productive for everyone involved. That's your moment of concise advice. Wrapping up from Phuket, thanks for spending a few minutes with me today. I'd like to ask you for a quick 
favor. I would be grateful if you would take a moment and zip over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. That would be terrific. I hope you have a great weekend and an even better week next week. Keep plugging away, moving forward, getting things done. You're on the right track. You'll get there. I promise. We're all in this together, and together we build better practices through better marketing, better management, and better technology. Until next time, I'm Lee Rosen. Thanks for listening to Your Law Firm. Visit rosensrules.com for our free course on the 10 critical rules all successful law firms follow.